have fun, have fun. Um, I think there have been so many times in my life that I, you know, and I am proud of myself for being responsible, but I could have had a little bit more fun. I could have been a little less worried about money, you know, work or something like that. And yeah, I mean, I, for those five years that I was dancing, I rarely went out. I rarely traveled because I was so afraid to leave and missed opportunities. I definitely had fun, but I could have had more of it. And I think that's really important. Welcome to Let's Thrive, a lifestyle podcast meant to expand your consciousness with new age wisdom, advice, empowerment, and inspiration. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and tune in every Wednesday for an insightful conversation with guests whom are just like you and me, trying to figure out this crazy world we live in. Enough said, let's thrive. Welcome back, and thank you so much for tuning in. Whether you're new here or an OG, I'm so happy to have you here with us on Let's Thrive. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and this podcast is just my little work child. There is a lot of time, effort, and sometimes tears shed when the microphone won't work once more, but so worth it to connect with such an amazing community and guests as you guys are, so thank you from all of my heart. On to today's guest, we have an absolute true gem, Jordan, from the blog and Instagram Dancing for Donuts. She is absolutely a ray of sunshine, so energetic, uplifting, and the day we recorded just left me in total bliss and inspiration. I will forewarn you though, my voice may sound rather sketchy, scratchy, (laughs) scratchy I mean as I was very sick during this recording and actually went on to lose my voice just about an hour after this, so apologies for that. And as I mentioned before, my microphone decided to quit on me, so these next couple ones may be a little bad audio-wise, but bear with me, the guests are very much worth the listen. But my horrid voice aside, this conversation is such a good one. We delve into Jordan's rather full and adventurous life, starting with her upbringing and then career with dance. She shares how dance played a rather pivotal role in her life and where it led her, whether that was through different seasons, ages, moves, from east to west coast. We also go into how she began to view her body at different stages and the insecurities that can oftentimes come with this field. What's really fascinating fascinating, is that her love and talent for dance led to some rather neat auditions and opportunities to dance and perform with groups at celebrity birthday parties and audition for things such as the Miley Cyrus tour. And you'll have to listen in to see which one she makes and which one she doesn't make. But I will say it kind of blew my mind coming from a small town that is. Then we go into hand modeling. Yes, I said hand modeling. Jordan did regular modeling, but also delved into the world of hand modeling, and it's a rather funny story of how she got into this, and it's not what you'd expect. It led me to realize something, and that was that there are so many commercials with just hands in it. Guys, start thinking about it and start looking. The hand modeling business is a lot bigger than we all thought. So that is a very fun part of the interview to listen for. Another factor in her adventurous life and dance career 
and how she even got into hand modeling was her transition from East Coast to West Coast, specifically to L.A. She shares the biggest lessons she's learned from living in L.A., as well as tips she has for integrating into a new community, no matter where that is. I find it fascinating to hear from someone, you know, who wasn't born in L.A., how they integrated into such a big culture, you know, to be honest. And as the last installment in Jordan's life, well, the latest, I should say, she has launched her own business, DFD Creative. It's an all-around social media consulting company aimed at helping women advance their brand and or business. As you'll hear in our chat, she really put a lot of thought and passion into this business of hers. She also shares what she did to prepare for it, how she operates it, and her hopes for it, as well as fears and doubts that she's had along the way. All of this talk leads us to have just fun conversation about intentions and brand partnerships and working with brands, as well as what travel means to both of us in our own ways and our thoughts on goal setting and intentions for the new year. It's an all-around conversation where we just, we touch base on everything in her life and then we share our stories along the way and I think that this conversation will probably reach a lot of you because we talk about so many varying little things and what I love about the conversation is it has so much honesty and intention and energy from Jordan and some from me, although I was feeling a little sick during it. I'm just so honored to have had this opportunity to talk with her and create a friendship with such a beautiful soul. You can find her on Instagram at dancing.for.donuts and I'm on there at thrive underscore on life. You can reach out to either of us in regards to this episode. We're both, you know, rather open people and love communicating with others. So if you like today's episode, also, please go to iTunes and maybe subscribe, leave a rate and review. You know, it takes a couple seconds, guys, and it really does help. The more people that can find the show, the more people that can be inspired by it, educated, and just find it in general. And then Not to mention, you know, there are guests that I would like to have on, but I need to have something to show them. So if you guys can let them know how much you like the show, that really helps me out as well. With that being said, much love from me to you guys, and I think you will love this episode. Now let's dive right into my chat with Jordan. What's something that has made you smile today? Ooh, something that's made me smile today, um... I have a pretty busy day today that's more blogging focused and that's exciting because I don't usually have those kinds of days. So um, just like planning out the day, this podcast with you, and then I have some fun events afterwards and hot yoga class. So that's what's making me smile. (laughs) I love that and definitely agree. We were just talking before we started about how my energy was so low and I'm already feeling energized by you. So... (laughs) Same, same. This is great. <laughs> Bill Preface, the only reason I even found you was because of Helen, our friend on Instagram. Yeah, and I, I saw her, I saw you on her stories when she was in LA. And so I was like, oh, I'll see who that is. And then I started like, you know, scrolling through, trying to see if I wanted to follow you. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, she's such a like, oh. sunshine. And then oh. Helen and I were talking a couple weeks ago. And we, we mentioned you and we just were both saying you're such a like positive ray of light. And I mean, you share, you know, the good and the bad, 
but you just give out such good energy and I'm I'm feeling that already so I have to I have to give you that (laughs) oh you just made my day thank you so much that means a lot of course and so for anyone who's unfamiliar with you could you just kind of give a brief intro into who you are what you do and yeah Yeah. So I'm going to try and keep this as short as possible because I feel like I have lived so many lives. Um, But I'm originally from just outside of New York City in Westchester County. Um, I grew up sort of in like a woodsy small town with my mom, dad, and brother, and we're really close. Um, I went to college at NYU. It was like the only place I wanted to go. So thank goodness I got in. Um, And then from there, I moved to LA like a week after graduating um, to become a professional dancer. So I did that for five years. I also modeled a little bit. I hand modeled, which is like part of my like fun, you know, party tricks. Um, I love talking about it because it's kind of a random thing to do, but I did all that stuff. I, you know, nannied and hostess at a restaurant and I actually went to business school at the same time. So two years into my life in LA, I started going to UCLA Anderson and I got an MBA. It took me three years because I went to school part-time. So I did night and weekend classes And I graduated almost three years ago, which is insane. It flies by. (laughs) Um, But after business school, I went on to a regular adult life and got a nine to five or like nine to six, I guess. And I worked for a couple of agencies. And then I worked in-house for a skincare company. And finally, I just launched my own social media consulting business in January called DFD Creative, which is... I guess an extension of my blog called Dancing for Donuts. Um, I just figured no one would take a consulting company seriously if it were called Dancing for Donuts. Um, That wasn't like children focused. So I decided to call it DFD Creative. And ever since January, my life has changed drastically in like the best way possible. Um, But yeah, so that's what I do right now. I'm sort of half blogging and half um, consulting for, I work with exclusively female-owned small businesses. So, yeah. I love that. You have been all over the board, and I think that's so amazing to have. You have, like, skills in so many different areas. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild ride, so. <laughs> I can imagine, and I'd like to start with what I'd assume is kind of like the beginning um, with dance. So when did you really become, you know, like into the dance world and how did this play out throughout the years? Yeah. So I started dancing when I was five, just like, you know, my mom put me in a combo tap and ballet class like everybody else. And um, I really fell in love with it when I was about eight years old. I started competing. So I grew up competing in dance my whole life. Um which means if people aren't familiar, basically I, I danced every single day after school for the most part, I would go and I do like four to six hours of dance class and rehearsal and competition season is basically from December to July. And so you spend usually the summer off, but then starting in like August and September, you go into rehearsals and training and then competitions are almost every weekend. And Um, yeah, we just, I'm, you know, from New York, so we would do tri-state area. So like sometimes you'd go to New Jersey or Connecticut and then nationals was in the summer. Um, and you could go to like Florida or once we went to Vegas and it was so cool. So that was like my life. And, um, I honestly never thought about doing it professionally. Um, like, I guess I wanted to be a rockette. 
if you know the Rockettes in New York City, the kick line and the Christmas Spectacular. I kind of always wanted to be a Rockette. I'm tall enough and I'm fairly leggy, I suppose. So it was kind of everybody growing up told me like, you should be a Rockette or whatever. So in college, um, I actually went to NYU like their Gallatin School of Individualized Study, which means that you can do whatever you want, essentially. So I wanted to take classes at the business school, but I also wanted to keep dancing because I thought maybe I could try to be a rockette at some point. So while I was in college, I didn't take any dance dance classes at NYU. I only took them at Broadway Dance Center and Steps on Broadway, which are like the it's kind of hard to explain, but they're like open to the public basically. And there, you could have professional dancers in there. You can have like somebody's mom in there. It doesn't matter. Um, but I would go to those classes and train. Um, and then one summer I went to the Rockette summer intensive and I did not like it. I was like, Oh my gosh, I really don't want to do this. Um, but I still was like, you know, this is such a big part of my life. And I went on spring break of my junior year in college. My mom took me out to LA. It was like the first time I'd been to California. And I basically came here to take class. And the first day I was here, I took two or three classes at Edge, which is a dance studio in Hollywood. And that night I said to my mom, you know, I want to move here and I want to try doing this. And we were at the Cheesecake Factory in Sherman Oaks. I remember very vividly. And I think she started to cry because she was like, oh my God, I can't believe we just like put you through NYU and now you want to go like frolic around Los Angeles and try to be a dancer. Oh my gosh. But, you know, I spent the rest of the week here and really thought about it. And I was like, I just want to try it. You know, it's like, if I don't make it, you know, in quotes, make it, whatever that means, that's okay. I can, I can just go back home or I can find something else, but now is the time to do it. And my mom, after that initial shock was super, super supportive as was my father and everyone else I know, just in the sense that like, you know, I'm not married. I don't have kids. Like I'm young enough. I don't have a lot of expenses. I can totally try this. And if it fails, that's okay. So that's when I moved out here. It was like right after college. Um, and I spent all of my senior year of college kind of preparing. So I got a part-time job to try and save money. I started getting ready for auditions and got headshots and, you know, prepped for getting an agent. I thought if I got an agent in New York, I could transfer to their LA office and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, moving out here, I, it took a while to get my footing. I think dance is really, um, it can go, like, it can be really easy for some people. If you have the right connections or you know the right choreographers, you can get right in there and dance back up for Beyonce and live your bliss. Or you, you know, have to like play the game and figure out what you're doing. And honestly, I grew up doing mostly ballet and contemporary and LA is like hip hop, heels, sexy, like really feminine. And I did not even know how to move my hips until I was like 21. So it just took me a while. And then I'd say my second year, I kind of found my footing and did music videos. I, I was in a dance company called the LA Follies and we did things like I danced at Chris Jenner's 60th birthday, or um, I danced at like a millionaire's wedding in Orange County, and like just random stuff like that, and um, some commercials here and there, and you know, again, modeling at the same time, just because actually modeling is easier to get small paying gigs. Like you could dance on a music video set for 12 hours and make a hundred dollars. And it's really hard on your body or you could model for two hours and make the same amount of money. So I kind of moved into that. And then, like I said, the hand modeling stuff. So 
anyway, I've been talking for like 25 minutes. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's amazing. And it's been such a journey for you. Um, I guess I kind of want to go back. So, you know, as a childhood and teen and even into your college years, something that I have a few friends that are in dance still and something that they've you know mentioned from time to time is pressure to look or perform a certain way. And I'm just curious, did you ever feel that or were you, you know, fairly confident in yourself? Um, I definitely wouldn't say I was ever confident and still to this day, I'm definitely not confident, but growing up doing dance, like I never thought to myself, oh, I'm working out or I'm burning calories or like, I just never, I'm so grateful, but I never thought about that. It was just like fun to do. And I'm so lucky that my hobby happened to be good for my body and my health, but I never looked at it that way. And so I never thought, I mean, I guess I had like a six pack and didn't even know it. And now I missed it, but it's okay. Um, but yeah, I really didn't start to feel the pressures of that myself. I did have friends who had, had eating disorders and stuff like that. Um, and I wasn't a ballerina. So I think if you're in the ballet world exclusively, there are far more pressures to be that way. But um, once I got into college and I stopped dancing as often, like not six hours a day and every weekend, I gained weight pretty quickly and was like, oh my gosh, like that was, that was what was keeping me so healthy and in shape and strong was all those hours dancing. I need to get back into doing that. And I think college was kind of interesting, but moving out to LA was when I really started to have body image issues. And I can honestly say I've never had an eating disorder. So I'm so lucky. Um, I think I don't really know why that is. Maybe my parents or the people around me, I just never felt like I needed to do that. But being in LA, man, it's, it's tough. Like you're in a room of girls, like hundreds of girls that are stunning. And I don't mean like thin necessarily. Definitely. They are thin. Don't get me wrong, but like gorgeous, like big boobs and the butt and the perfect tone legs, like Victoria's secret model status, you know? And that's when I started to feel pressure. But even those years dancing, it was like, it was just my everyday job. Like I would wake up and go to the gym and look forward to it and look forward to going to class without thinking about it too much. It really wasn't until I got my nine to five job that I started being more self-conscious than ever. And I can say today, I like talk negatively about my body as much as I don't want to admit that. It's like now more than ever, I feel those pressures because I'm almost 30 years old and I look back on those days when I just exercise for fun all day long, just moving my body and had my six pack. And it's like, why don't I have that anymore? You know, but obviously I don't have it because that's not my life and I'm older. Um, so it's kind of a daily battle mentally to, to come to that realization. Like it's okay for me to look different than I did eight years ago. I'm not going to weigh the same. I'm not going to look the same. My muscles aren't the same. Like I feel very physically fit and happy. I love working out now, but it's, yeah, those pressures have really come into play after the fact, which is super strange and probably not common, but it's something that I face every day. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you have any advice for someone who, you know, maybe is currently dancing or maybe they just got done, you know, dancing and they're starting to maybe feel, you know, the pressure or, just bad about themselves, what's some advice you might have for them moving forward so that they can come to a place of, you know, if not body love, which I think is extremely hard to get to, but body acceptance, you know, just being okay with where you're at and moving 
you know, onward. Yeah. Body acceptance. That's a good one. Um, I think my best advice, things have changed a lot in the dance world. Again, maybe not in the ballet world specifically, but otherwise like curviness is in, you know, like that, the, the bigger, the better, like it's kind of obviously not for everybody, but I was just watching homecoming, you know, Beyonce's Coachella performance. And it's like, those girls are not tiny. Like, and I say that in the best way, like they are themselves, they are so confident and you can see it in the way they dance. And I would say as hard as it is, like when you are happy with yourself and you're confident in your body, you dance better. So obviously just like easier said than done, you know, but it's, it shows. And I can say truthfully, I, because I never felt super confident in myself, I didn't dance as well as the girls that did no matter their size. Like you can be dancing back up for JLo and be a size, whatever, like she does, they don't care. You know, it's just, it's how you perform. And if you don't realize that you are so beautiful and, and whatever your body shape is, it's perfect. Like you're not going to dance well. And so I think that that's the best thing to keep in mind. But again, it's like the thing, the norms are changing and no matter who you are, you can book jobs of even modeling jobs, right? Like these quote plus size, whatever they're stunning. Like, doesn't matter what size you could be. I think you could be like a size six and be plus size or something. The standards are crazy in that sense. But at the same time, those people are booking jobs too. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I think just loving your, loving your, the way you feel in your body is more important than the way it looks. If that makes sense. That makes complete sense. And I think it's important also too, to just be like an advocate for yourself. So, you know, if, if you can feel comfortable as who you are and maybe you don't get the dance thing you wanted or the modeling gig you wanted, but just advocate for yourself and, keep pushing, you know, and someone, someone will take you, someone will, you know, take you just as you are and appreciate you. So I think that's kind of important too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think just as a sidebar, I think part of the reason I loved hand modeling so much was because, you know, I could go into an audition and do stuff with my hands. And if I didn't book it, that's okay. That's my hands. You know, it's like, it has nothing to do with me as a person. Um, but having that same mentality, regardless of, it being your hands or whatever, like there's always going to be somebody with the ideal boob size, eye color, hair color. And if that's not you in that moment, that's okay. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're not worthy of another job or, you know, of working with someone. So. Exactly. And I meant to bring that up next, but do you mention, how did you get into hand modeling? Because I, I, when I found that out about you, I, I noted that I was like, I must ask her about that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, also weird. Like I grew up with my aunt telling me that I should be a hand model. I don't know why I think my hands are like, my fingers are long, I guess. I don't know. So when I was here in LA, so you can be part of a few, um, casting websites where you like pay a monthly fee and you could submit yourself to jobs, whether you have an agent or not. And I remember seeing one and I would go on this website every day and just submit. It's like applying to jobs or anything or being on Tinder or whatever. It's just the same kind of numbers game. So I would apply to all kinds of things. And one day I saw, um, a casting for Chobani, the yogurt. And I was like, I'm just going to throw it out there. So I applied, you know, and someone called me and I went in for a casting, which basically was me cutting things. Like I had to, I think I had to cut a potato. Yeah. I had to cut a potato and then put, you know, take the cutting board and slide the potatoes into the trash. That was my audition. And 
somehow I booked it. And that was the start of that. And that was really cool. It was actually with, um, I think her name's Claire Thomas of the Kitschy Kitchen. She has her own like food show and like successful blog now. So she's really rad. She was the producer on that set. Um, and then from there I worked with Panera. Um, I worked with Sundown Naturals Vitamins and a travel company and a couple others that I'm not allowed to name because apparently the hand modeling world is very like, I don't know. I had to sign so many NDAs just for these tech companies. Think like, you know, cell phones and computers and all that. Like it's very intense, but anyway, I did that for, for a while and it was very lucrative. Um, and again, I loved it because it wasn't about my body. So that was kind of great. <laughs> that is so neat. And it was just funny because then also I wanted to ask you, because when I was young, uh, I had multiple people say same thing. They're like, you should be a hand model. And they, the one woman at my daycare, she even, you, she had just gotten engaged and she wanted to post a picture, but she didn't want to use her hand. So she put the ring on my hand and then took a picture and posted it. And oh my God. But then I got this weird like circulation problem. So my fingers have gotten like not good. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is crazy though. Modeling is out for me now, but that is so neat. And I can't even imagine that's hilarious to work with brands like that. And I guess I'm now I'm starting to think of how many advertisements are just hands. I never realized that before. Oh. Yeah, you'll start to notice it. And it's it's kind of funny too. Like I worked one of the sets I was on, I was one of like eight hand models or something. And one of the women was probably in her forties. And she, I mean, she drove around with gloves on, like she was very protective of her hands. I mean, I don't think you could be a chef or like a food blogger and also be a hand model, honestly, because you know, you'll burn yourself or you cut yourself by accident and you can't have any of that. And so, but I remember she, that was her main gig. I was like, a woman in her forties, she was a, a full-time hand model, which is so crazy and cool. It's so neat. Yeah. And it'd be a good job to, <laughs> to go out on too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, Sorry about oh, no worries. No worries. I've had like my last podcast, my dog just started barking for a solid four <laughs> minutes and I couldn't go out to stop her. So. <laughs> and so you make this big trip across the country to LA and you said that at first you were kind of, you know, like struggling to, you know, get yourself grounded. But what would you say was like the biggest struggle you had to overcome making that leap from East coast to West coast, specifically to LA? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing for me was really just coming out of my shell. I moved to LA with a friend of mine who actually moved back to New York after two months because she didn't like it here. And I have cousins that live about an hour away or so, but other than that, I knew zero people here and had no idea what I was getting myself into. But, um, you know, I had to make friends and I've always been like, I wouldn't say I've had trouble making friends, but I'm definitely shy or I was at least, I don't know if I am anymore, but I was super shy even in college. Um, and being in LA, I mean, you can't, it gets lonely here. I think anyone would say that. Um, no matter what industry you're in, LA can get really lonely, just like New York City can. And I had to make friends. So I, I think just being outgoing a little bit or taking that risk. I mean, I'm so awkward, but so is everyone else here. Like, there are so many amazing people in LA. I love this city 
because it is a melting pot, there are people from all over the place. Most people in LA are not from here. And so that makes for really cool conversations. And I think that's why creativity is so big here because everybody's coming from a different perspective. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, I'd start talking to people at work. I was a hostess at a restaurant for many, many years and just, you know, that's literally people walking in the door and me saying hi, but you know, you could start a conversation or I made a lot of friends, um, by complaining in line at auditions. I know that's probably not the best thing to say, but you know, if we were waiting in line and things were running an hour late, I would just turn to the person next to me and make a comment and they could relate to it because we were standing there together. And I mean, one of my, one of my friends, one of my first dance friends, we were auditioning for Kanye and the choreographer was two hours late and we were in line next to each other. We are still friends to this day. And that was almost eight years ago. And it's just because I started talking to her in line about what was going on, you know? So that's, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing is just like, even if you feel awkward, even if it, you know, might not feel natural or let's say you say something to somebody and they think you're weird and turn around, at least you did it because you never know who you're going to meet. Um, and I've met some really amazing people just by taking a chance and like opening my mouth and maybe being socially awkward, but hopefully they accept me for who I am. <laughs> I get what you mean though about like, you know, the, c- the complaining thing, but it's like more f- so for the sake of conversation. Cause I know that's how I've made a lot of conversations because it's something that everyone relates to. I mean, everybody's like up to complain every now and then. So. <laughs> exactly. And I meant to ask this before, but what was like the neatest experience you ever had with dancing, whether East Coast or West Coast, but just one of those stories that like you never get sick of telling? <laughs> um, uh, you know, I feel like I've had a few great moments. I, I think the best gig I ever booked um, for the sake of it being cool, that wasn't hand modeling because I think my Chobani was my favorite hand modeling one. But I did this um, winter commercial for BCBG that I'm pretty sure only aired online. but um, I think it was probably the biggest thing that I was part of as a dancer. And there were four groups of girls, jazz, uh, contemporary hip hop. And then I was on point. So I did ballet in that. I thought I was going to break an ankle, but, um, it just felt really cool to be on such a big set with so many other girls. I again, made a few friends that day that I still know today and, and love. And, um, that was pretty incredible. Otherwise, some of my favorite auditions, like I auditioned for Miley Cyrus's bangers tour, which I didn't book, but it was my favorite audition for sure. It was just so fun, such a fun combination. And, um, I think I loved it because it got me out of my shell a little bit too. I, again, I'm not trained in hip hop and you know, Miley Cyrus is known for twerking. So (laughs) I had to twerk for like a minute straight. And I think that was probably the first time I didn't feel ridiculous doing it. I just kind of went for it. And that's, I think that's why that one's my favorite but there were a lot <laughs> that's so neat oh my gosh I love that <laughs> it was a good time yeah and so I guess we kind of covered this before but I wanted to ask just in case so since living in LA in LA what has it like taught you what's a like a lesson whether just something simple and like you know general life living in LA or like with the people there that you interact with on a daily basis? Yeah, this has actually come up a lot for me in the last couple of weeks, just because I feel like a lot of the opportunities that have come to me, whether that's for my business or for my blog, um, 
I, it's from people that are from my past. And so I think, and that's across the board, that's from dance, from my old agencies, from my old internships. I just think you have to be kind to everyone. You never know, and not to be selfish, but you never know who's going to be able to help you and vice versa, you know, and it's, it's pretty amazing how just having those relationships can, can bring you so many opportunities you never saw coming. I um, am now working pretty closely with a friend of mine who we worked at the same company. I worked only part-time there. It was before I graduated um, from business school, but she and I worked at the same company and we're kind of friends. Not, I wouldn't say we were close. We didn't hang out outside of work, but we were definitely friendly with one another. And she also loves food. And she now works for a company that does pretty amazing things in health and nutrition and food. And because she knew me and we were friends before she has given me a lot of opportunities. And for that, I'm really grateful. And it's like, had I not kept up that relationship or even like been nice to her or she had been nice to me, we probably wouldn't be working together. Um, so yeah, you just never know who's going to be like coming into your life or helping you or someone you can help and really make a difference in their life. It's just, it's really cool. Again, that goes back to this melting pot that is LA. Everybody has different experiences and different paths and it's just, it's crazy. And I guess that kind of ties into, you know, when you started your own business, you're fundamentally like doing it to help people. That's kind of like, you know, the root base of of it. So can you explain to us, you know, for anyone who doesn't know what DFD consulting, right? Consulting, you said? It's DFD creative. I made it, I called it creative because I wanted it to cover like all aspects of stuff, like from content creation to consulting. I don't know. But yeah, it's a consulting company. Yeah. No, I just, I suck. I have a worse memory. But <laughs> no, you're <laughs> That's okay. When did you get the idea to start it? And what really prompted you to make the dive into you know, starting your own business and everything that comes along with it. Yeah. So I started thinking about being my own boss about a year and a half ago. I swear. I never in my life would have thought that I would be an entrepreneur. Like I grew up, my parents are business people. So I just thought I would go work for a cool company and call it a day. But I was working at an agency about a year and a half ago and just felt like why I was doing everything. We were all, all all of my coworkers, we were doing everything and, you know, but there were people above us who were also getting paid very large amounts to not do as much as the rest of us. And I was like, I can do this. Like I can totally be that person who does, um, you know, business development and, um, maybe not accounting, but like the financial aspects of things. And, um, I'm pretty good at communication and all that stuff. And I was like, I just, if I did this for myself, it would be a lot more fulfilling. It'd be a lot more interesting, probably a lot more fun. And I'd have control over who I worked with. And after that, I left that agency and went to another one and kind of felt the same way. I just felt like not pushed, not creatively pushed or just like in a regular business sense, I wasn't challenged in any way. And I really wanted to do, to make the leap last summer. I 
was not happy at work. And I was like, I just want to start my own company. And my parents, who are the voice of reason for me, as much as I hate to admit it, um, they told me that I should get just one more job, just get a little bit more traditional work experience and learn a bit more because that's what it's about. It's not about the financial security or whatever. It's just about the learning. Um, and you can learn in a lot of different ways, but they thought that I needed to learn a little bit more in the corporate world. And so I got one more job in a traditional office um, for a skincare company. And I also, I learned so much there, but I was not happy at all. And in, I would say November, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it next year. I really wanted to go freelance. I guess it's not really freelance. I wanted to just start my own company by 30. And I turned 30 this coming August. And I just didn't want to wait that long. And in January, I had the opportunity to do it. Um, I was starting to get a little bit more interest with clients, potential clients. And my blog was making a little bit of money. So I was like, okay, I'll always have that. Not always, because it's not you know, secure, but I had that cushion. Um, and I just did it. I was like, I, I wasn't even worried, honestly, because all my years dancing and working 7,000 jobs and being in school, it just taught me that I can do it. Like I can tackle all of these things at once and I, I can make it work if I really want to. Um, but again, same thing with dance. Like if it doesn't work out, if in six months I have clients leaving and no one's coming in, I'll go back to a regular job. It's no worries, but I want to know that I tried and I just didn't want to wait anymore. So, um, I just, I did it. And so it's, it's been great so far and I'm really, I'm really grateful. So yeah. What is the best part of being your own boss? Getting to choose the people you work with <laughs> for sure. I work with the most incredible women. Um, just, I really, I'm, again, grateful. I'm, I feel so blessed because I've spoken to other girls or other people in general who do what I do, um, consulting, social media consulting specifically. And, you know, it's not always great. Like you can, you can have some pretty tough clients and stuff like that. And not that everyone's a breeze for me, but I just think the women that I'm working with are so smart. They're so driven. Um, I think women specifically are really compassionate and, um, kind just in my experience, you know, maybe the, the men haven't been as kind and I, and there's nothing against that. That's great. And everyone has their own style of, you know, getting up that ladder and being successful. But for me, I found that working with women exclusively is really what makes me happy. Um, so that's been great. And also making my own schedule. I really appreciate that part of it too, because I, kind of work from like 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., but I take a lot of breaks in between, and you can't do that at a regular job. <laughs> no, I definitely agree, and I like the other day, you also mentioned, you also mentioned that with all the travel you do too, you're like, no, what, nowhere else would give you that many vacation days, and it's so true. It's, I always, I don't know, that's like one thing I always say I would struggle with, you know, in a corporate job or anything where you had limited vacation days because I'm such a big advocate for travel and taking those spontaneous trips that could literally change your life. You never know. And so I think that's amazing that you can do that too. You know, you, you just create the reality that suits you best and that, you know, kind of creates that best life for you. So I love that. Yeah, that's definitely a huge part of it. I think one of the biggest things I've realized though, is that 
because we don't have vacation days as entrepreneurs, you're working 24 seven. So I actually, um, just booked a trip for the summer with my boyfriend because a lot of the travel that we have, believe it or not, is for weddings and bachelorette parties and stuff like that. That's the age I'm at right now. So um, it's not really for vacations at all, but we wanted to go on one vacation. And my boyfriend said to me, he was like, are you going to be working the whole time? Like, I want to be able to go on hikes and like adventure and not have to worry about being on Wi-Fi. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to hire out. I'm going to hire out a friend to, to cover for me while I'm gone. And Obviously, that's not as great as getting a paid vacation day when you work at a regular corporate job, but you really need that freedom. And if I, you know, I need someone to cover for me because as annoying as it is, Instagram is a, is a 24 seven thing, social media and marketing in general, it doesn't stop. And, um, yeah, so it's, there are pros and cons, but definitely vacation days was one of my main drivers for wanting to go. Um, out on my own because my family's on the East Coast. And so that's where a lot of our weddings and all these, you know, that I want to be with my family for those moments. And so I was like, I, there's no way I can swing this with not enough vacation days. I have to be there. So yeah. Yeah, no, and that's so true. And it, it, that is the you know, flip side. You are, you do feel, you feel as though you have to be on 24 seven. And there might be times where you actually, you know, kind of need to when you're trying to get off the ground and you're in that hustle mode. But I, you know, I'm not an entrepreneur or anything by any means, but just like even with this podcast and Instagram and, you know, like doing recipes and little things like that, I just find that I just like leech it into everything. You know, it's like, if you have a little bit of free time, it's always, okay, what can I do next? And, and then you get burnt out and then you spend an entire like waste of time on Instagram scrolling because you're so tired. (laughs) Totally. Oh no, you're so right. And I, yeah, I guess for myself personally, for like dancing for donuts, I have learned that it's okay to take time away, but for clients, which again, it doesn't take, it's definitely not multiple hours in a day. Like on a Sunday, I wouldn't, you know, to post for clients does not take that long and to engage on their accounts doesn't take that long, but you're right. It's on, it's on my mind all the time and it's okay for it to not be on my mind all the time. And so for anyone who doesn't really, you know, maybe they're not as much into the social media world or they don't understand what the heck we're talking about, would you mind giving kind of an overview of what your business is and the services you offer? Yeah, totally. So I guess as a social media consultant, I can do all kinds of things from like coaching calls. Like I've actually, I didn't expect this to happen when I announced my business, but I've had some women who are, let's say like nutritionists or they have their own, um, let's say they have a a food company or whatever, but they don't want me to like take over their social channels. Um, they just want to learn more about social media. I've been doing some coaching calls. Um, but I'd say the bulk of my business is really creating content and, you know, creating a social strategy. So what that means is um, it's more than just what picture am I going to post on Instagram today? It's like, what is our overall marketing strategy in the sense? Like, what are we trying to communicate? Are we having a sale? How are we going to promote this sale? And when, when should we promote it? And that's organically, but also paid. So I'll do, you know, I help people run ads as well on Facebook and Instagram or Pinterest. Um, you know, it's like how much money do we spend and why and when and where, and, and who are we targeting? 
um, that kind of stuff. So that's the content creation part, the strategy part. There's the community management part, which is, which I'm sure you do for yourself as an Instagram profile. You know, we have to reach out to others, comment on people's pictures, comment when people tag us and, um, you know, find, find new potential customers. Like let's say one of my clients is a food company. I'll search a food hashtag and spend time talking to people that also talk about food and hopefully they'll be interested in our products. Um, it's stuff like that or influencer outreach, ambassador outreach. Um, you know, if I, again, I work with people with pretty small budgets, but let's say they wanted to send product to someone to hopefully post for free. Um, that's really finding the micro influencers that are going to help us spread the word. So like, who's a good fit? Why, what should we send them? And then how do I communicate with them? Um, and it, it's kind of cool because being on both sides of it, I feel like, like I could name people, specific people from specific companies right now that I think do an incredible job at influencer marketing. And so I try to emulate them when I do it for a company. I'm like that. They're really like, I love this email. I love the way they sound like personable and it's tailored to me and all that stuff. So I try to do the same thing when I do it for a company and reach out to influencers myself. Um, yeah, I'd say that's, that's a lot of it. Um, I guess part of, again, part of my business is my own blog too. So that's a whole, a whole other thing, <laughs> but yeah. I love that. And what you were saying, uh, oh, about like the emails and kind of emulating what you appreciate coming from brands. I, I think that's so important because there's some brands and I'm like, who's running your like outreach because the email is, you know, I, I almost question like, is this even, is this even legitimate or like, it's it's as if they're just expecting you to say yes and they're just like right away asking for your address and you know I'm usually like hold up let me look at your ingredients let me like look at your brand itself and then there's some brands that they're so yeah they're just really good at building a relationship and you know if, if they're big brands little brands or whatever and I just feel connected to them because you know they found someone you know like me or who's smaller and instead of just like you know looking down on us they really communicate well and it's it, it creates a different dynamic and I'm a lot happier to post for them than I ever would for someone who was you know rushing it or trying to almost you know like shove the product down my throat so I think that's such a critical part that a lot of people probably never think of so yeah it's I was talking to a friend yesterday because she my friend who works for the food company that I now also work with sometimes. And we were just talking about like, you know, I don't get paid to do everything, obviously. I mean, there are things that I definitely hope to get paid for, but for example, I'll name the company right now, Chomps. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. They're like these grass fed beef jerky sticks. Um, and I'm not a vegetarian or anything. And I love, I love their products, but I also love the guy who runs their influencer marketing. His name is Connor. And I met him in person at Expo West this year. And I just like, I love him. He's so nice. He is considerate. He, again, communication, like you mentioned is so big. I mean, you know, and then also allowing creative freedom, right? Like if you're not going to pay me, which is 
most of the time nobody wants to pay you. It's like, then give me some freedom here. Like, I don't want to have to sign a six page contract and have all kinds of crazy requirements. Like, no, if you're just going to send me product, please let me live and do what I want to do. And I promise it'll be good, but it has to be beneficial for both people. And I think, yeah, regardless of your size or pay, that's what it is like beneficial for both people. And the companies that I think do the best job are the ones that understand that and, and just like communicate well what they're expecting and what they're okay with. And they just understand that you're also a person. You're not just like pumping out content and like waiting around for these emails. Like everybody has, they're busy. They have stuff to do. You can be choosy with who you work with. Um, I say no a lot, just as I'm sure you do. And you know, the, the people that do a good job understand that you have options, but they really want to work with you. Yeah. And that's, yeah, very critical. And so I guess that kind of ties in. I wanted to ask you how important is intention? Because what we are just talking about can really tie into the idea of what's a brand's intention, you know, with reaching out to a certain person or, you know, what's someone like me or you's intention when we're advertising or promoting that product or just in general when we're on social media. And so what does intention mean to you, whether it's in your business or just in life, social media, when you're trying to, you know, interact with your followers and people that look up to you? Yeah, I think it's super important. And I, I love that you say intention. Cause I, I usually think about it as like my, why, what is my, why, but intention is probably a better word. Just, um, yeah, just to, to keep that in mind at all times. Like, what is your intention? And for me, I started my blog eight years ago and it's still got the same tagline. It's for babes on a budget. Like I, there are things that I've shared that, you know, I realize like I can look back on certain moments and be like, that was not in line with my intention. Um, I was sent something and I shared it and I love it, whatever, but does it fall along the lines of what I really care about, which is being healthy and well without having to spend a million dollars. No, it was not along those lines at all. So, um, I'm definitely working on that. It's super important to me because I think that's how you build integrity, not just as an influencer, but just as a person in general, it's like, no one's going to want to listen to anything you have to say. If you're like all over the board, like you're, you know, promoting one thing one day and talking about another thing another day. Um, I think, yeah, it's been coming up a lot more. So I like that you asked that, but I'm really trying to stick to that. Um, I've had a company that I worked with in the past reach out about something um, and they wanted me to be an ambassador, which basically means they will not pay me. They just want to have me post stuff and then they can send me products. And I love their products. Don't get me wrong. I love them. They're so good. Um, and I'll say that any day. They are so good. But are they budget friendly? Not at all. Um, so I just kindly said, no, thank you at this time. It just doesn't really fit with what I'm trying to share. And, you know, that's, that's kind of it, but yeah, it's, it's super important to me. Intention is really important to me in, in all things that I do. Um, even in the things that I share on Instagram stories or whatever, my blog, like I'm fully aware that I share a lot of the highlights or the positive stuff because, um, 
you know, I, that's who I want to come across as obviously I have bad, bad days and I'm not afraid to share that either, but it's just not something that I strive to share 24 seven because my intention, my why it's like, I want to show that you can be happy doing all kinds of things. And like, that doesn't mean eating salad only or like working out three times a day. Like you can do both or you can do whatever you want and it's okay. Um, so sorry, that was like the most long winded answer ever, but long story short, intention is very important to me. <laughs> oh, I absolutely love hearing that you like, you know, to turn down something because it doesn't align with your intention is amazing. And something that, you know, is lacking a lot, a lot of times on social media. So I appreciate that so much. And, um, shoot, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> that happens to me a lot. Oh. I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> shoot. Okay. I was saying, yeah, I turned down an offer. I was saying like, um, Oh, you were doing about the, like the sharing the highlights too. And that was something I've been like struggling with a lot too lately because one, I want people to see like the good and the bad, but also I don't want to be a freaking Debbie Downer and come on <laughs> like every time, you know, I'm having a bad moment. And I think it's so critical to find some semblance of balance between the two because, you know, fundamentally I'm trying to spread positivity, good vibes, like, you know, all of that, as are you, as are most people. So it's like, you don't want to share all those like bad moments. And then there's obviously things that, you know, you don't even, you shouldn't have to share. Like that's, that's, you know, your life, your personal things. But yeah, I think it's, it's such a like tricky balance between, you know, you, you want to be that positive, like good source of light and everything. But at the same time, it's like, you have to keep it real and be able to form a connection with people by sharing, you know, some of the low moments and so yeah, I think I think you do a really good job of doing both though. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think what I've been trying to do for myself, I'd say in general I'm a pretty positive person just because I don't really see a point in being like negative about stuff. You're in control of your own day and like you can make it better or worse. But that being said, I I try to do things with like a humorous tone like um, when I was going to Expo West, which is a really big food convention here in Southern California, and I was actually working the event with one of my clients, it was a crazy week. And I had a friend staying with me the morning that we went to Expo for the first day, we went downstairs and the side mirror of my car was torn off. Like somebody had driven into it and it was just dangling off the side of my car. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to drive an hour and a half to Anaheim with no side mirror. I can't get it fixed tomorrow or the next day because I'm still going to be working. Like, oh my gosh. Um, so I shared about it on social media, but I tried to make it funny because like, yes, it's awful and it's annoying and it's frustrating, but it's also kind of hilarious and it's totally fine. Worse things have happened, but just like, you know, kind of sharing stuff like that, or, um, this is not, a low at all. But yesterday I was shooting content in the bathtub and I took a video. I was sitting in the bathtub fully clothed, just setting up the shot. And I thought to myself, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever experienced. People need to see this because it's so absurd. And I just tried to take a, you know, I took a little video on Instagram stories. Like, like this is life. It's not glamorous. It's kind of absurd. Um, you know, but this is it. This is real. And I think that sharing those real moments as opposed to just being negative. I'm, I'm like you. I don't really want to 
Also, when you're in a bad mood, who wants to turn on their Instagram story video with the camera facing you and be like, I'm having a bad day. You know what I mean? It's like, that's nobody wants that. It's not enjoyable for anyone. So if you share like the real moments that maybe are not amazing, but they're also not like devastating that stuff, I definitely think you should keep to yourself until you're ready to share about it in a, you know, in a productive way. I don't, I think if you're sharing negativity and it's not productive, then why are you, are you just doing it to be relatable? I don't know if that's the best, but if you're sharing it in a way that could help somebody and like Helen, I love Helen is she writes her captions are sometimes pretty intense. They're real. And they're not always, I I think she's one of the most positive people as I'm sure you do, but her captions are not, you know, they're real. So they're not always, everything is sunshine and rainbows today. But that being said, I feel like she approaches those words in a way that we can relate to them and then we can move on from them in a way that will make us feel better in some capacity, if that makes sense. It makes complete sense. And I a hundred percent agree. Every time I've had like a low moment, she always, always messages me every single time. And she always just like lifts me back up and helps me see like the positivity again. And um, it was funny. I went to Expo West too. And my big thing was the first day of convention, I realized I had lost my laptop on the plane. So of course, after I had like the first anxiety attack I've had in years, I was like, holy Lord, I haven't been a mess like that in years. I was like alone in my Airbnb. And I was like, screw expo. I'm not going today. And I, after I calmed down, like three hours later, I put something like sarcastic on my, I was in an Uber and I was like, like, like screw my life. Just lost my laptop, have to leave my Airbnb. You know, I was just like in such a bitter place. And as soon as she saw it, she texts me and she's like trying to help me figure out what I can do to get it back and like talking me like through it. And she just like brought my vibration right back up. And I was able to go back on Instagram and share a more uplifting, like, it's okay, guys, we're going to get this figured out. And so I definitely agree that I don't even know where I was going with this. Oh, well, she's, yeah, she's just, she's amazing. And her captions, same thing. Like you read them and you don't feel heavy or weighted down. It's just, they're thought provoking. Um, I always love them. And I just, yeah, she's very thoughtful with her words. She's, she's something else. (laughs) Agreed. Well, I guess one of my like last ones to wrap things up is how has your concept of community shifted over time from like your career and time and dance to when you first came to LA to now with your social media presence and, you know, working with people in your business, how has your, you know, sense and appreciation for community changed? That is such a good question. Um, you know, growing up, I feel like my community was obviously for everybody. It's like who you go to school with. Um, but for me, it was also my dance friends who I'm still unbelievably close with. And actually our parents are even closer than some of us are. Um, so that, that was my community. That was my tribe and some of my best friends from high school as well. But, you know, over the years, it's changed in the sense, like, in college, you are kind of friends with who's around. Like my, I'm, that doesn't go for everybody. I am, 
so, so close to definitely a few people, but like freshman year of college, my group of friends was like 40 people. It was like whoever was on my floor or the floor below or whatever. And you just hung out with these people and they're all awesome. Don't get me wrong. But you know, that's not, I don't know if that's true friendship, right? Like now I can see, and even coming out to LA, to LA, like community is the people who have similar values as you and not always the same. Obviously everyone has different things, but community, it's like who you have things in common with and not just who's available like at that time. Um, and now with blogging, it's been really interesting because I still have my core tribe, my people from LA that I love and have known for many, many years. But even day by day, I feel like I'm meeting so many new people from these opportunities and it's so awesome. And so I guess my view of community has changed in the sense that it can be more than just your core, you know, your core, like obviously quality over quantity, but meeting all these other people that love the things that I love, healthy food, food in general, um, dance, fitness, um, wellness, self-care, all that stuff. Like that's still, that's community. Um, and it's so important. And all these people like you, I, I mean, I never would have met you without Instagram and I don't know you in real life, but I feel like we're in the same community. We're in this together on Instagram. And as much as I hate Instagram, most days, I think everyone listening can relate. I love it because it has brought me all these other people that I didn't even know existed. I didn't think that like the wellness community was a thing, but it really is. And it's pretty amazing. It is. And just the other day I was explaining this to my brother. I was like, some days, yeah, I, I just hate Instagram so much, you know, and today I, I just didn't have it in me to post, you know, I could do stories, but that was it. And then but fundamentally, I, I love it because I have such great friendships with people that I never would have met if not for Instagram. And the reason I have such great friendships with them is that because like our values do align. I mean, similar to you, I live in the middle of a forest. I mean, like my only friends were the people I got along with the most, you know, in my town. And you know, I, I love them and I'm, you know, probably always going to be friends with them. But the friendships I've made through Instagram are, I can't compare them to anything else. And to think that I never would have met these amazing people, including yourself and so many others, it like, it makes me sad to think that, you know, if I hadn't just made the leap into Instagram and specifically the health and wellness scene, where I share so many, you know, values with people, it's amazing. You know, and I'm, like traveling, like in two weeks, I'm going to Texas with, you know, one of my best friends that I met once in California when I was there for Expo and otherwise, you know, we're Instagram friends. And then, you know, we're meeting up with Helen and another friend of ours, Casey, who's like staying with us. And then we're staying at her house and it's all these amazing opportunities simply because of Instagram. And so that's like my love hate relationship with it too. And, but yeah, the community is just amazing and it's it's nice because I've never had a community because even here in my town no one you know I'm I'm that girl that eats healthy and you know does yoga and actually thinks exercise is fun so I've never had community and now I feel like I do I mean it's all virtual but 
I know that they're, you know, I can meet them someday in real life. And so, yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, I feel you on how amazing it can be. But. Yeah, I have chills. That's so, I love that you shared that. And, and, you know, if you're not, I feel like if you're not on Instagram, it doesn't mean you can't have that community in another way. My, my best friend, she um, lives in San Francisco now, just outside of San Francisco. And, and we're both, we've been best friends since we were five. So we're both from the same place. And, you know, she went to college too and has her sorority sisters as her best friends and, and me. And but she's had some trouble making friends up there. And um, she is not like an avid Instagram user, which I think is great. Like that's not a requirement. And it's also not the only way to make friends these days. I think, um, a lot of us get caught up in that speaking for myself. I do, but you can make friends so many other ways. Like you said, if you love to do yoga, I, I try to tell her, you know, she loves to run. I'm like, maybe you can join a running club or like, you know, find people that have similar values to you, whether that's on Instagram or not. I mean, people were making friends long before social media existed. So hopefully we can keep that, you know, a thing. Um, but you know, I try to tell her, just look for people that, that value what you value. Um, you know, and if that is fitness or like maybe it's a cooking class and you like make friends with the cooking class or something like that. Um, just because I think it can be really daunting to think about going on Instagram and putting yourself out there. Not everybody wants to comment on a hundred pictures and like see, you, you know, it's so it's, it's an interesting thing to navigate these days. Definitely is. And so as my like last official question, and then we'll just do some like rapid fire ones. Do you have like a big, you know, I use these words sparingly because I know some people don't align with them, but do you have like an intention or a goal or a plan for 2019 that you just really want to hit, whether that's in your personal life or business? You're probably going to think I'm crazy, but I don't. I, um, I think my biggest goal for 2019 is to just be happy. Um, I was so miserable for so long at those jobs that I hated. And um, this year has been a year of like so many twists and turns uh, in the best way. Obviously not all of them are amazing, but you know, we find our way. Um, I think, you know, the plan is to take it day by day, um, stay motivated, stay positive, keep meeting as many wonderful people as I can. Um, obviously I want to build my business. I want to, I guess I do have a goal. I kind of, I really want to write an ebook. I've actually wanted to write a book for so many years, kind of since I started my blog. Um, that's about healthy eating or healthy living, I guess on a budget. So I wanted it to be for girls in college or millennials or really anyone who's in a place where they feel like they want to save up. Um, my goal long-term is to own a home. So that's where that's why I'm always on a budget because I really want to own a home. Um, maybe have kids someday, but yeah, that's my, my goal for 2019 is to just be happy and whatever that requires. Um, again, maybe if in the fall things aren't going so well as an entrepreneur, I pivot and I find another way to be happy because I just think life's too short. And, and, um, as much as I want to have all kinds of goals and plans, I don't, I don't really know what's going to happen and I'm okay with that. I absolutely love that. I don't typically ask that question because I, for one, I'm not usually one for setting. You know, I don't, I don't like to set things because I think you should just kind of go with the flow. And I think it is important to focus on things such as 
you know, just be happy or, you know, work on like coming more into yourself and, you know, things like that. So I, I love that answer. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's so many things can change. Like you don't know what's going to happen and I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not to say that you shouldn't have goals and you shouldn't have things that keep you motivated because, you know, I set intentions and all that stuff too, but I don't want to say to myself, oh, I'm going to make X amount of money by December or have um, X amount of clients or whatever, because what if I don't? And I don't, you know, I don't want to be unhappy because I didn't hit that goal. It doesn't mean I'm not going to get there eventually, but I'm just not there now. And that's okay. No, that sums it up perfectly. <laughs> so before we do rapid fire, where can listeners find you, um, whether that be on social media or your blog, or I don't know if you're anywhere else too. <laughs> um, I am at dancing.4.donuts on Instagram. Someone had the regular handle with no periods in between the words. Um, and my blog is dancingfordonuts.com. Um, I'm still working on a website for my business, DFD Creative. So hopefully that will come soon. Maybe that's a goal. That, that should be a goal, <laughs> setting up my business website. Um, and yeah, I'm on all social media platforms. So you can, I'm, I love YouTube and all that stuff. I'm actually recording a video today. So hopefully I'll be more consistent with that. Ah, another goal. Um, but yeah, that should be under Dancing for Donuts as well. Me, I didn't know you were on YouTube. So I will be checking you out. <laughs> Please don't have high expectations. It's really not something that I'm wonderful at. I just think it's fun. <laughs> That's good. We all need things that are just fun and not necessarily like, you know, don't have anything besides just fun involved. So I love that. <laughs> so what's your favorite food at the moment? My favorite food will always, always be peanut butter, period. Um, probably over chocolate that I know it's a shocking thing to say, but peanut butter is number one forever. <laughs> I just like, I don't know, this week I've been on a peanut butter kick. So I've been making this peanut butter chocolate smoothie bowl. And I swear to God, I've eaten it every day this week, either for dinner, or dinner or breakfast. And I, yeah, peanut butter is always, always a good choice. <laughs> if you could meet anyone past or present, who would it be? Hmm. That is a very good question. Um, you know what? That's an easy answer, actually. Beyonce. I would love to meet Beyonce. She is my idol. I think she's an incredible human, an incredible businesswoman, an incredible performer. She's so talented. And from what I can tell from Homecoming, she's also a pretty good mom. <laughs> so, yeah, number one, Beyonce. I love that. I, I've gotten such a broad range of responses to that question. So I always love asking it. <laughs> if you could yell one piece of advice from the rooftops for all to hear, what would it be? Have fun. Have fun. Um, I think there have been so many times in my life that I, you know, and I am proud of myself for being responsible, but I could have had a little bit more fun. I could have been a little less worried about money, you know, work or something like that. And yeah, I mean, I, for those five years that I was dancing, I rarely went out. I rarely traveled because I was so afraid to leave and missed opportunities. I definitely had fun, but I could have had more of it. And I think that's really important. So important. I just had 
my astrology chart read like two weeks ago. And one of the big things she told me was that I need to loosen up and have more fun because I've always been like an adult in a kid's body. <laughs> so I it's like, that. <laughs> my first Friday night is like reading a novel or working on the podcast. But so yeah, my, my, my goal for this year is to just have a bit more fun. So I think that's something everyone could use responsibly. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny. My dad always says that. My dad has been saying that for years. And he's always like, when I was a senior in college, my dad was the one who told me to go on like spring break, woo, like to Mexico. He was the one who told me that. And, you know, he, I think he just, I'm the same way. I need to loosen up a little bit. It gets better with time, I promise. But, you know, say yes to stuff like that's something that I've been working on saying yes to things that are fun, that, that would make me happy. Not Yes, just because you want to be a people pleaser, because um, that's who I am as well. But it's so important to do things that are fun. And I know, obviously, reading a book on a Friday night sounds so amazing. I love that. For me, it's probably tonight's probably going to be watching the OC or I don't know, looking on Pinterest. But you know, there's so much to do, no matter where you live or whatever. It's like you can find really fun things, and we can't be so consumed with work all the time, you know. So, so important. <laughs> well, thank you so unbelievably much. This was such an honor and absolute pleasure. My day, uh, you just made my day like I'm laughing and smiling the whole time. So thank you so much for this. And I really hope I can meet you someday. I'm planning to come out to California this summer. So maybe we can meet up for lunch or something because you're just an oh. absolute gem. <laughs> oh, so are you. This was a, this was really fun. I love having conversations like this because we don't get to have them very often, you know, people don't really always have the time or something like that, but it was so nice to talk to you and thank you for reaching out to me about this. I really, really appreciate it. So yeah, I can't wait to share it. I can't wait to hear it. Hopefully I sound okay. (laughs) Sounded so good. (laughs) Thank you. I hope you guys got a good laugh out of this one, as well as a fair dose of inspiration and some important takeaways. Jordan is such a light, such a free spirit, and has so much love to give out into the world, to her community on social media, and to these friendships that she has with now people like me and people like you. She is such a friendly person, guys. What I admire about her most is how passionate and intentional she is with her social media, her life, her work, the friendships she creates, and the energy she puts out into the world. I truly cannot wait to meet her in actual real life someday. Although for now, internet, Zoom calls, and social media will have to do, I suppose. If you want to learn more about Jordan, her blog, business, social media, you can find her on Instagram at dancing.for.donuts. She's also on YouTube, guys. Highly suggest you check out some of those videos she makes. She puts a lot of work into them, and as a fellow, although I'm on the audio, she's on the video side of things, It takes a lot of work to piece things like this together, so maybe check her out, give her some love on YouTube, and I'll link her website below. It's just Dancing for Donuts, the blog, though. You can find me on Instagram at thrive underscore on life, as well as my blog, thriveonlife.org. I will link it below. And if you like today's show, don't forget, you can go to iTunes, subscribe, leave a rate and review. Helps other people find the show, helps me know what I'm doing right or wrong, and helps me get more guests for the future. And stay tuned, because for the future, we have some raw, 
honest, fun, and just inspiring guests coming your way very soon. Remember to tune in every Wednesday for a new episode, and if you subscribe, you'll automatically have it waiting for you. That's the other bonus of that, besides also helping me out. Thank you guys. Know that I truly appreciate you, and even if you just want to take a screenshot of you listening and put it on your story, that helps people find the show, and there's nothing I love more than going on Instagram and seeing that you guys are sharing the episode and that you're listening to it. Always gives me a little bubble of joy, and I always have to share it and spam my stories with you. So thank you, and if you have any questions, concerns, or a suggestion, please let me know. I'd love to hear. See you guys next week. Bye.